Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I have a question for you. Do you have the ability to read, interpret, and understand public health guidance and answer related questions? Are you committed or could you be committed to working for a minimum of three months and at least 20 hours a week? Do you have excellent interpersonal skills required and the ability to interact professionally with culturally diverse individuals during a a time of crisis and distress? Are you proficient with technology and have an ability to learn and adapt to new technological systems? I'm reading from a list of requirements for one of the fastest growing jobs in the United States right now. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, I was uh, scrolling through the headlines and I came across one in CNBC. No, I I know. I'm sorry. I, I don't often touch base with CNBC, but I happened to yesterday and I read the following headline that caught my attention. It reads, how to become a contact tracer. One of the fastest growing jobs in America. How to become a contact tracer. One of the fastest jobs, fastest growing jobs in America. It is estimated uh, by George Washington University's Milken Institute that 184,000 contact tracers are needed right now in the United States. Now, if I could, let me just for a quick moment uh, share with you a tangential piece of Lonsbury trivia. My beautiful baby daughter, Piper, was born about seven months ago, and when she was born, she was born in the George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C., and coincidentally, the window out which I was able to look in the recovery room where she and her mom and I spent uh, the next few days after she was born looked out uh, at the Milken Institute School of Public Health. And so anyway, it's small, little, odd, obscure, uh, of no value to you, connection between myself and this uh, research institute. Anyway, the Milken Institute estimates that 184,000 contact tracers are needed in the United States. Now, what is a contact tracer? We're going to find out in just a moment. But what we do know is that all of the health experts uh, have convinced us and make a good argument as to why contact tracing is so important as we, you and I, together try to combat the spread of this coronavirus and uh, return to something Uh, resembling normalcy. I wondered if that was the case here in Utah with the assertion in that headline that it's the fastest growing job in the United States. I wondered if that was also true here in Utah. So I reached out to the folks with the coronavirus task force and they uh, routed me to this person and that person ultimately shared with me a job listing. And in fact, here in the state of Utah, there are uh, some positions opening up and there is a job Uh, that you can apply for to help us learn more about the need for contact tracers here in Utah and the jobs available in that effort is Tom Hudaka with the the Utah Department of Health. Uh, Tom, how are you, sir? I'm well. Good afternoon. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I I think this is the first time you and I have uh, connected with one another on this new radio program of mine. Uh, I've been anxious to talk to you for some time. I remember uh, years and years ago when I was working with Doug Wright that it was you uh, to whom I would always turn to help get us uh, information exactly along these lines. And uh, I was always grateful 
to you for your service then, and I'm grateful again for your service now. Certainly. T- tell me about uh, tell me about this contact tracing job. What what are you after here in Utah? Yeah, so you know, contact tracing has has been one of those things that's sort of you know inside baseball for people who have worked in public health for a long time, and um, you know, it's 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 really worked its way into the you know into the public lexicon recently, and uh, you know, it's it's an activity that we've done in public health for for decades. Uh, the idea being basically that you take an individual who is sick with something, you try to figure out who those. Uh, individuals have been in contact with, you reach out to those individuals and you try to get them to uh, quarantine themselves so they're not out, you know, spreading the the, the, the illness potentially to others in the community. So um, it's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's a time-honored uh, activity in public health and it's something that has certainly proven to, to work in other disease outbreaks and we think it will work in, in helping to combat the spread of COVID-19. So uh, what we're trying to do is, is beef up our resources statewide to be able to adequately contact trace uh, all the positive cases that we identify in Utah. Thus far, the contact tracing has relied on those already within the public health system, folks who are already employed in other positions or maybe dedicated to this effort. Uh, but you're now opening that up. The need is so great, uh, and, and the, the ramifications of getting this data are, are so important and valuable that you've opened it up to the public to apply to become a contact tracer. Yeah, we've we've got about a thousand people between the state and local health departments uh, throughout the state who are public health professionals that are that are currently working on contact tracing. And over the past several months, we've we've supplemented or, or complemented those efforts with about uh, 150 to 200 uh, additional individuals who worked at other state agencies who were temporarily reassigned to this effort. Uh, those people had to get back to work at their at their normal jobs, and so what we've done is we've we've temporarily filled their shoes with uh, members from the National Guard. But uh, as those Guard members start to start to go off duty, we we recognize that there's going to be a, a need long term. So we've signed a contract with the University of Utah and are looking to hire 140 contact tracers through that contract uh, so that we can maintain these efforts moving forward. What are the skills possessed by an effective contact tracer? Well, you know, it sounds simple, um, calling somebody up on the phone and, and asking them about where they've been and who they've been in contact with over the past seven days. But there's there's really an art to it. Uh, you know, it's it's you, you've got to be able to get somebody on the phone uh, who has just been given the news that they've tested positive for this disease that we've all you know heard so much about. And it might be a scary time uh, for that particular individual, and you've got to get them to open up to you about uh, who they've been in contact with, where they've been. You have to get them to share that personal information with you. And then at the same time, you've got to be able to provide some sort of an assessment on whether or not the people that they've been in contact with uh, are at any greater risk from that contact. So uh, there's a little bit of art in terms of, you know, being able to communicate effectively with somebody and, and getting them to, uh, you know, really to relate with you and to open up with you and then to be able to do that you know, a little bit more of a technical assessment on, on whether or not somebody who has been in contact with a positive case is at a heightened risk or not. Time is tight. I have about 60 seconds left to chat with you here, Tom. Uh, speaking to Tom Hudaku with the Utah Department of Health about contact tracing and jobs available for those who feel qualified to engage in this type of work. Uh, tell me in just 30 seconds or less why contact tracing is so important in our battle against this pandemic. Well, you know, it's, it's the best way that we have for determining where a sick person could have potentially spread their illness to. And so if we can figure out who a sick person has potentially spread their illness to, 
get in touch with those individuals, let them know about the types of behaviors that they should be engaged in, in terms of watching themselves for symptoms, uh, quarantining themselves, trying to limit their contact with other people in the community that, you know, we, we can stop the spread of this disease. Tom, thank you so much. Tom Hudako, my guest with the Utah Department of Health, talking about contact tracing. There are some jobs available here in the state of Utah. That will do it for today's episode of Live Mike. We have learned so, so much today. There has been an arrest made in conjunction with the burning of a Salt Lake City police cruiser on Saturday. Uh, Speaking of the protests in the streets of Salt Lake City, it was announced just two hours ago by Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall that she will be ending the curfew which she had put in place, which was to last the duration of this week. But she has decided to call that uh, or bring that to an end, ending the curfew in Salt Lake City, doing so after she has seen, as she phrased it, the respect that protesters have largely shown for one another, police, and our city. She believes that Salt Lake City is once again proving itself to be a place of peace and progress. I believe that as well, and I am glad to see this dynamic action uh, by Mayor Mendenhall. That's it for me. I'm going to sign off. I'll see you again tomorrow at one at 12:30. 12:30 here, for the next episode of Live Mike. I'll step away now. Make way for Jeff Kaplan. Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news ahead here on KSL News Radio.